0: I'm Dustin Zarney, Democratic Elections Commissioner for Otterdogger County, and this is my interview show. Uh, I actually have been on vacation, but really, pretty sick all week, so I haven't been able. I wasn't able to do uh, this week's uh, commissioner in a car. However, that commissioner in car I was going to be dealing almost entirely with redistricting, and now I realize after doing this interview with Mr. Weiss that that would have been superfluous anyways <laughs> because. Uh, Jeff Weiss is the foremost expert on redistricting in New York State. Uh, He's been on our program several times, and he agreed to come on to explain what is going on with redistricting in New York. Uh, As you know, the Court of Appeals uh, ruled that we will be having new congressional maps in New York State in 2024. So Jeff goes over how that's going to get done, who's going to draw the maps, uh, how that's going to uh, get done and under what timeline over the next, really, six to eight weeks. So um, please stay tuned for the interview. It's a wealth of information, and in 30 minutes, you're going to know everything you need to know about the process going forward for redistricting. Uh, there is some breaking news this week. Uh, it looks like Governor Holkel is going to be signing the even-year legislation or the election alignment el- legislation. Uh, that moves a lot of offices to even years, starting in 2026. Um, so next week, I'll be talking about that uh, quite a bit uh, after the holidays. So because she hasn't signed it as of the moment of this taping, but it looks like she's probably going to. And by the time this actually airs, she probably would have already signed it. So uh, I wanna uh, he, I wanted to, to mention that, that I'll be dealing with that next week. Uh, next uh, year <laughs> or next week, not next year, but sooner or rather than later. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, and of course, the boards of elections are off or doing a lot of holiday stuff, uh, getting up, caught up on vacation and cop time from all the overtime that we, uh, you know, uh, spent getting the election done. So, and so am I. I'm actually out of the office until January 2nd. But I'll still be doing the content that, that I uh, uh, plan on doing here. Uh, because the news apparently never stops. So check out my interview coming up right next with Jeff Weiss. He's from the New York Law School. He's uh, an expert on redistricting uh, both here and state and uh, nationally. And uh, he's a wealth of information about what's going to go on in New York for our new congressional lines in 2024. Take care. Back And I'm happy to have my good friend, Jeff Weiss of the New York Law School. Uh, he's been on our program several times. He's uh, one of the foremost experts on redistricting. And since we had a huge decision that has national implications with the New York redistricting, I was very happy that he made some time to come on our program and, and we can get all the explanations that we can get at this point uh, with Mr. Weiss, Jeff, back. thank you for coming back on the program.
1: Sure, it's great to be back with you, uh, Dustin.
0: So Jeff, I know you've been on like three or four times, especially a couple of years ago when we were going through the redistricting, but um, why don't you uh, kind of give everybody your background, because uh, y- you have been doing redistricting almost all of your professional life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah. your background?
1: Well, where it all started, uh, back in 1978, of course, I'm still only 39 years old, but the uh, Uh, In 1978, I was representing the New York State Assembly in Washington, D.C., and the then Assembly Speaker, Stanley Steingup, uh, the first Democratic Speaker in the modern uh, era, this is 1978, uh, sent me out to the Census Bureau to find out what the census was all about because Democrats had never, in modern state history, been in charge of redistricting. And, you know, the Democrats um, picked up the Assembly after the Watergate elections in 1974, and uh, look forward to finding out, how do you draw the lines? So at that point, I was still in law school. Uh, uh, by 1978, 79, uh, Steinguss' successor, Stanley Fink, created a team of people and what became LATFOR, the Legislative Advisory uh, Task Force on Reapportionment and Demographic Research, uh, to tackle drawing the districts. Uh, New York, after 1980, lost five congressional districts. That's a record for any one state to ever lose in American history. And at a very young age, I was put in the catbird seat at negotiating both with the Democrats who I worked for and with Republicans. And uh, now it's uh, 40 some years later, I'm still around. Uh, After the 80s, I branched out and began doing work with the Democratic National Committee. I became their counsel for the 1990s redistricting and uh, also have stuck with the New York legislature from 1980 through uh, up until 2020 and uh, have worked on redistricting now uh, across the country from California to Maine to Florida. But most of my work recently has been in New York state where I've been working uh, very intensively with counties, towns, cities, I'm doing this through New York Law School, where I've taken all of my 40 years experience and put it into uh, an academic setting where I can provide nonpartisan guidance, education, training, and expertise.
0: So we are have gone through an odyssey of sorts here in New York with our redistricting map. For those who don't remember, correct me if I've forgotten, but... Uh, you know, in two thousand fourteen, the the voters put in a constitutional amendment for what they call an independent redistricting commission. Though, though I'm not sure that that was allowed on the ballot, and I'm not sure it is. But there is a uh, equal number of bipartisan uh, representatives on the commission, um, uh, and so you know, equal number of Democrats and Republicans and a couple of independents. These uh, people are put on there by political leaders. And in 2020, was it no 2022? They were unable to come up with a bipartisan map uh, on the congressional districts. They did on the assembly, and no, they they did it on the assembly either, right? Or the well, state.
1: what happened was, let uh, me to just give yeah, a go ahead recitation. Uh, the the so called independent redistricting commission, and we're calling it so called because. Uh, it's appointed by the legislature, and it reports to the legislature, so it's not really an independent commission, and a court in 2014, in reviewing the wording that the State Board of Elections uses to put on the, you know, the, the ballot to inform voters, took the word independent off the explanation, saying this is not independent, but the title of the commission in the Constitution is the independent commission. So that commission was tasked with developing maps for the assembly, the Senate and Congress. After the commission imploded, uh, they sent a set of maps to the legislature. They were rejected. At that point, now we're talking about January, 2022, uh, the commission was tasked with regrouping and sending a second set of maps to the legislature, but they couldn't do that. So the and, legislation... and,
0: and let's let's nail down on why they couldn't do that because I think this is an underreported fact that the reason why they couldn't come up with that second map is the Republicans refused to even participate in the second uh map drawing. Is that correct? They they wouldn't... well,
1: the, yeah, depending on who you're listening to, the Democrats say the Republicans wouldn't come back to a meeting. The Republicans say the Democrats wouldn't negotiate in good faith. So there, there was a lot of finger pointing back and forth. But the bottom line is that the commission failed to meet, and I think it's uh, you know, more provable that the Republicans refused to go back to a meeting, bulking at what they thought was the intransigence of the Democrats to negotiate in good faith. Take it as it is, the commission fell apart. So the legislature then stepped in. And decided, because it's their responsibility to enact the final plan, to draw the map for Congress, the Senate, and the Assembly. And the same day that the governor signed the bills for the three maps, February 3rd, 2022, the Republicans went to court in Steuben County. They knew there were three judges there, and they were all Republicans. They knew what they were getting into, and got and urged the court successfully to invalidate the plan because the legislature did not have the power to step in if after the commission fell apart and failed to send the second set of maps. So there was a lot of litigation two years ago from the trial court located in Bath, New York, to the appellate division in Rochester, to the Court of Appeals in Albany. But by May of 2022, the courts decided that the assembly map was not challenged in court by the Republicans because the Republicans and Democrats cut a bipartisan deal to accommodate all of their members in the assembly. Even though the map itself was improperly enacted, it wasn't challenged. The Senate map was challenged and the congressional map was challenged. And the court held that the Senate map needed to be redrawn and the congressional map needed to be redrawn Plus, the congressional map was a partisan gerrymander. It was drawn to overly benefit the Democrats. Uh, The court said that had the assembly plan been challenged, it too would have been invalidated for this process problem. So the court in April, May of 2022 appointed Jonathan Cervas, a a postdoctorate fellow at Carnegie Mellon University and an expert in this business to draw the congressional map and the Senate map. A few months later, uh, a separate lawsuit challenged the assembly map, and in that case, rather than have a court draw the new assembly map, the commission actually got itself back together again and worked out a bipartisan compromise plan for the assembly. Not that much different than the plan the assembly itself enacted in 2022. And all ended very ended very happily without more litigation over the assembly. But um a different track was taken over the congressional districts. And that's what led to the decision that came down from the state court of appeals last week. So
0: we're back at drawing just the congressional maps because the law, know, the lawsuit that the Democrats brought to have the congressional maps redrawn they said that the maps uh by jonathan service the special master in durbin county were only supposed to be there for two years not for the full 10-year run of the redistricting and uh they cited the court decision saying that it didn't say it was supposed to be there for the 10 years which you know there's a little bit of shot and fraud there because the republicans went and chose their judge and and this is the judge that ordered it and then now, the New York Court of Appeals finally, uh, you know, after several months of uh, litigation and going up through the process, has ordered the congressional maps redone, but the Senate maps are set because the Democrats didn't sue on the Senate map. Is that, is that correct?
1: That's that no one challenged the Senate maps. And in fact, using the court drawn map, the Senate Democrats increased their numbers in the November 2022 elections that map was actually better for the democrats in the state senate
0: yeah well you know the blind squirrel gets a gets a nut every now and then but <coughs> sorry i'm dealing with a cough here but um so we are back to redrawing the congressional map so what is the process and as you you know one thing that we didn't mention was The constant legal maneuvering in 2022 added another primary, uh, an August primary, which really, I think, led to the electoral results that we had, because we didn't even know who candidates were until August. And, uh, you know, that's where some of the things like George Santos came about, I think, because he was kind of hiding for a long while until we had uh, actual races. So, uh, but it, there's, I guess, a possibility of that happening again. But why don't you lay out what the court is expecting here uh, for the independent redistricting commission and the legislature with these? Well, the maps.
1: court last week told the commission to, you know, reorganize, get back to work, and send a new congressional map to the legislature uh, by February twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. Uh, ironically, one day after petitioning for the June 25th primary starts. And I do think that the commission is going to speed its, its work up a bit and get a map to the legislature well before February 28th, but it's you know too early to know at this time. But the the court essentially uh, held the big the big takeaway was that redistricting is the final responsibility of the state legislature. And that is the, the commission's job to prepare maps for the legislature to consider before it makes its final determination so we're picking up where things left off rather than start from scratch all over again with the first round of maps uh, the commission picks up where it left off to send a second map for congress to the commission i'm, I'm sorry to the legislature now there are 10 members of the commission They're pretty much divided, five Democrats and five Republicans. The independents you mentioned, each one of them, two of them, have sided with the D's or the R's. And they are talking about compromise, about a bipartisan plan, but we haven't seen that yet. So one of several things can happen. One is that the commission agrees. They develop a bipartisan map. They send it to the legislature with seven of their 10 votes, at least seven. And of those seven votes, that requires the affirmative vote of at least one representative from each of the four partisan legislative leaders to the commission. And if they reach those those seven votes, the map goes to the assembly and to the Senate. They could vote it up. They can reject it. Uh, If it's rejected, then the. legislature can actually draw a map of its own. And of course, any map is subject to the, to the final stage to receive the governor's approval. So We, we have to counter in as well. Uh, now the commission might deadlock and not reach um, an agreement. At that point, my sense is that the Democrats, the five Democrats will submit a map to the legislature because the constitution allows that if the commission fails to agree on a bipartisan map, then the map with the most votes can be sent to the legislature. So So
0: let's let's drill down on that because I think this is where uh, things can get interesting and hairy again is that, you know, as I recall, you know, as I talked about earlier, you know, the Republicans refused to come back to the table in the second round of maps. Could the Republicans just refuse to come back to the table again uh, and e- even despite the court order or refuse to take a vote on a map. Well, but they're saying they, that I, if the Democrats only take a vote on a map, they can send it to the legislature or they could send competing maps to the legislature if, if, if there's five votes for two different sets of maps.
1: That could happen. The real, the real big question is uh, the Republicans now are talking about uh, bipartisan cooperation and playing ball. Now whether that that changes if they turn their backs and refuse to participate, that's yet to be seen. So we're taking them on good faith now that they will actually show up at meetings and take votes and participate. If they don't, I think you'll see court action to issue what they call a writ of mandamus, forcing a public official, public official, to act after the official refuses to or fails to act. But that's that could get dramatic. We're, we're not quite there yet. But the key thing is if the is whether the commission could get a meeting together and get a map with the most votes, which might be only five votes, to the legislature. That would overcome the fatal flaw that took place last year when nothing was sent to the legislature.
0: So do they need six members of the committee to meet?
1: Well, for a quorum, they would. And I've been wondering, well, if they don't reach a quorum and they only have five members, what would a court do? And a court might just throw its hands up and say, this is a unique circumstance. We don't want the courts to draw maps. The court said last week, that's not our job to do. But uh, that one, this hasn't happened before where we don't, you know, we don't have uh, public officials appointed to do their work, not show up.
0: Right. And and. Is remains, you know, one of the reasons that I pointed out the long history, this is not something that has been tried before. This independent uh, redistricting commission, uh, is this is its first time in actual use. And I think it's pointing out some of the flaws with the way it's constructed. And it was constructed when there were Republicans in the Senate and Democrats in the Assembly and a more conservative governor with Andrew Cuomo and uh, making a deal to to construct this in this way envisioning a bipartisan legislature that would need to make uh, a deal but now with the independent Redistricting commission can't make a can't make a decision that yeah. the legislature is down not only democratic but uh with veto proof majorities in the in in the in the uh, democratic uh coalitions meaning that they have a strong base to pass the maps that they want and so that's where that's where we're at right you
1: well know, frankly the amendment that voters passed in 2020 2014 was a concoction of Andrew Cuomo and the then Republican Senate majority to ensure to help ensure that the Republicans kept their majority in the state senate no one ever thought first of all that the then independent democratic conference would would disappear and when the when the breakaway democrats who organized with the Republicans were no longer a factor, and no one ever thought that the Democrats would gain super majorities in the Senate and the Assembly, giving one party complete control of the process. So the Republican Senate uh, idea of, uh, of you know, pow- power forever fell apart after the Democrats won the Senate in 2018 and took control of this process in 2020.
0: So I'm going to ask you two competing ideas, neither of which I really agree with, but I think it's the thing that I hear out there the most right now. Um The first competing idea is that, and New York Daily News kind of alluded to this in their editorial just the other day or today or, or something like that, but uh saying that we should just pass the map that was passed before because it was a Competitive map and it uh, allowed for bipartisanship, and thus we shouldn't go through this whole process again. And then there's the other competing idea that says that states like North Carolina and Arizona and other states that are uh, in Florida are are in Texas, they are hyperpartisan gerrymandered states for the Republicans, and states like New York and California need to be hyperpartisan gerrymanders for the Democrats. To balance that out, uh, what do you think about those competing ideas?
1: Well, the the plan that was enacted by the state court last year was a legitimate legal plan, and technically, nothing prevents the commission from rubber stamping it and approving it for use in the future. But you know, people had problems and issues with that map. I think one is one example is where the uh, the map uh, redrew Manhattan Island. Uh, since the, uh, you know, at least the last um, century, there's been an east side district and a west side district. And having lived in Manhattan's east side, I know what it's like as opposed to the west side. But That's the, the court, Belody Dadler. Uh, right. The, the court drew one district that took basically Manhattan north of 14th Street and south of 125th Street into one big district. And by doing so... New York lost decades of seniority and power in Congress. Carolyn Maloney chaired the Government Reform and Operations Committee. Jerry Nadler chaired the Judiciary Committee, and by pairing two full committee chairs together in one district, where one of them had to lose, that's a hit that we really don't want to, uh, you know, uh, afford. You now, New York had 45 members of Congress. Uh, during World War II, we we're down da- now down to twenty six, the same number we had in eighteen twenty. So New York has lost a lot, and anytime we lose more congressional districts, and especially pairing powerful incumbents against each other, that hurts. So you know there was some dissatisfaction with the map that was drawn. Uh, I'll, yeah, you know, I'm not going to really get into district by district whether it goes D or goes R, but. The map was drawn by a court, and what the what the decision last week tells us is that that's all well and good, but the map needs to be drawn by the legislature. It's not the court's job to do this. That's why, uh, hypothetically, you could take the commission, uh, I'm sorry, the the special master's map, rubber stamp it, pass it in the assembly and the Senate, and you, you got a map. That actually happened thirty years ago. Uh, The Assembly and the Senate took a state court-drawn congressional map and uh, made it its own map. They passed it as a chapter law, the real reason being that a federal court was going to put its own plan in place unless the state acted. And at that point in time, the state had to get approval from the U.S. Department of Justice under the Voting Rights Act, Section 5, to uh, implement the map. And a court can't do that. They don't have the ability. So the legislature took the map the court drew rubber stamped it. Then we're able to use the legislature's resources to submit the map to Washington for approval.
0: So, you know, you you cited an example of New York City, and I think that's very important to the people of New York City. But that's really not what we're fighting over here. I mean, you know, I think there's what I I believe the the litigants and I say we. I don't. I mean, we as New York, not you and me. But, or even me at all, because I'm neutral in this, but they're going to really talk about the Republican districts and how many of those are going to survive intact in, in the new, either in the bipartisan redistricting commission or uh, the, uh, uh, or the legislature. And we do have some protections for Republicans already in law, which is the uh, home rule law, you know, that, that prevents partisan gerrymandering, which is what the court also found with the New York state legislature map, that it was also a partisan gerrymander. This isn't just a process thing. They said that the first map was a partisan gerrymander. And so for the congressional map, uh, you know, they can't just the legislature can't just act, you know, put in. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The state constitution has language that prevents favoring or disfavoring candidates or parties. And that's what the court used last year to knock out the congressional map. Now, I believe that even if the Democratic map had been used last year, at least in some of those districts that were, you know, um, uh, being, you know, bones of contention, Republicans would have still won those districts regardless, especially downstate New York. George Santos would have won almost in any map that was drawn. But you know, the question now is, and there's no definition of what a gerrymander is, you know, uh, parties bring in experts who run algorithms and run numbers and say, this plan is too partisan one way or this plan is too partisan the other way. That's up to a judge or a panel of judges to decide whether it's uh, overreaching or not. Uh, in the Harkin-Rider case, the case that knocked out the congressional map last year, The judge only considered the Republican's expert and didn't even pay attention to the Democratic expert's report. Problem was the Democratic plan had so many optical outliers. It had a map. One district went from Suffolk County to the Connecticut border. Another in Brooklyn, Staten Island, jumped over different communities to favor uh, a progressive Democrat. Optics matter here. but You can draw districts that are fairly compact, that are somewhat competitive, but will give one party an advantage over the other. I mean, after all, one party will control the House and another party won't. It's not like we're playing a zero, this is a zero sum game here. And uh, you know, there's no reason why a legislature can't draw a map that's fair, uh, that's legal, and that would be supported by the courts, even if it favors one party over another. There's no rule to create 50-50 districts. You can't do that. And also in New York now, uh, so many different Democratic areas have trended Republican. I look at Nassau County as one example where the Republicans increased their power in last month's election in Democratic bastions. I, I live downstate in Long Beach at the southern end of Nassau County by the ocean my local government went Republican for the first time in 50 years in a, de- in what used to be a democratic congressional district. So, you know, there are other factors at play here as, as well.
0: And we're going to really see how this plays out in that New York three, uh, you know, special election that's coming up. Uh, the, the George Santos old seat where Tom Swansea is running to see if there's any, you know, if, if, if a Democrat can't re- re- regain that after the Santos uh, thing, then we're going to really see some panic about Long Island, I think.
1: And maybe. both parties have very strong candidates. and Tom Swazi served as county executive, as congressman from that area, as mayor of a small city in that district. He's been around in public life for uh, over 30, almost 40 years. And the Republicans put up a very attractive candidate, uh, she is uh, Ethiopian. She's Jewish. She's female. She's a Democrat running as a Republican, uh, and she'll be. I didn't tough... know
0: that. She's a de- she's a registered Democrat. Democrat. Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: so, but she's going to be a very strong candidate, and uh, that district does have more Republican areas in it than the Democratic plan that was that was rejected had. And both parties are now focusing their campaigns on these areas that are traditionally Republican in the uh, the southeast part of Nassau County, areas called Massapequa and Farmingdale.
0: So, you know, and, and it's important to remind the viewers uh, that the Supreme Court probably has no role in this because they've already rejected partisan gerrymandering as a, a matter for the Supreme Court. They said state courts can deal with this, but right. not, not the Supreme Court. There's no racial gerrymandering um uh you know uh allegation from the Republicans towards the Democrats so more than likely whatever we get out of this process it ends there it, you know it ends with what the legislature draws it unless they draw something that's hyper gerrymandered and then the courts will step in again, which could lead to another August primary and uh, at that point do you think it's likely that they would just enact the old maps for another two years, or would
1: they? Well, yeah, right now it, we're, it's a race against time. It works to the Republicans' advantage to delay action in the commission and the legislature, because the closer you get to February, the end of February, and if you don't have a map in place, then there's a, a greater likelihood that the court joint map could be used for one more um, election cycle. Now, for the Democrats, they want to get this done as soon as possible to have a new map in place. My sense is the best time to complete this process is early February, so as to give candidates and county boards of elections enough time to prepare for the primary. And I don't think what people want to see is a delay of having another August primary for Congress.
0: Like, so, I definitely don't want
1: to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so these are different. I already factors. got two elections
0: I'm running before the general already. I don't want three. No. So
1: So you know it, the Republican lawyers will probably be prepared to go to court to stop any any procedural uh, uh move that they think the Democrats are using unfairly. And there are lots of different, you know, tricks that they can different maneuvers, different parts of the law that they can pull out. That you know, can try to delay the process. Because without a map, you see, to have a map out of the commission February 28th just isn't realistic since petitioning starts February 27th unless the state board or the legislature change those dates. So I, and I to, think
0: it has to be the legislature because I don't think the state board can change it. No, we've already been suggest- talking to them about changing it because the first day to turn in petitions. Is April second, which we happen to be doing a presidential primary on. So there's mm-hmm. been some talk about moving it earlier, moving it later. My guess is moving it earlier now becomes even more problematic. So, uh, you know, there's there's a real question about uh that already, and this was nothing to do with gerrymandering and, and redistricting. It had everything to do with the the work of the boards of elections. But yet, it, but it's my understanding that only the legislature can move that. Right. Period.
1: I mentioned the board because the board could tell the legislature how much time is needed to do undertake various stages of the process. But the best thing to happen right now is for the Democrats and Republicans to get together because the Democrats in the legislature now have the power to do this. And the Republicans being in the minority can get their best deal by sitting down with the Democrats working out something that's amenable to both sides. Democrats will obviously have the upper hand, but Republicans need to determine what they need at a minimum. And if, but in short of that, they're going to have to throw the whole thing out by getting a court to put things off. So we just don't know yet how it's going to go, but we can see how the scenarios line up. Well, Jeff, uh,
0: I'm looking forward to finding out what the maps are so I can tell my candidates what the maps are, but uh, I'll look forward to a conversation with you sometime in March so we can kind of recap, uh, you know, how this went, as long as it's settled by then,
1: uh, you know, and, 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 and see what it means for the future. we will know by March if we're having a new map, whether we're using the old map again, or whether we're going to buy more time and have a new map later in the year with a primary later in the year. Right. These things are too early to tell right now because the things have to play out. All
0: right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming back on my program and uh, uh, have a happy holiday season. And I try to get some rest. I know you're getting a lot of calls because yeah. uh, because of this, but try to get some rest of the season, okay?
1: Yeah, you too. Thank Thanks you. very much. Happy holidays to you, all your viewers. And we will have a politically packed 2024 ahead. Yes, we
0: will. And that was my interview with Jeff Weiss. Uh, he, just an amazing wealth of knowledge for uh, uh, redistricting. Uh, he really laid it out about the eight-week process that we're about to go through, uh, you know, starting now uh, until February 28th, and how we're going to get new congressional lines for New York State. Uh, a lot of uh, questions, but we'll be talking to him after this gets done to kind of go over what he thinks the new lines look like, And uh, if there's going to be any political challenges or legislative challenges uh, to the actual lines that are drawn, uh, or litigation challenges, there's all kinds of challenges that are going to come about. Uh, This week, I plan on continuing my content schedule uh, after Christmas. Uh, On Tuesday, Commissioner Dakar will be talking about the even year election alignment legislation that is uh being signed by Governor Hochul, uh at, today. Uh and we'll go over what that means and how that's all gonna go down between now and 2030. Uh and then of course this weekend I'll be doing the weekly wonk. Uh I'll have a, a wrap up of our um of our uh uh election uh year 2023. We'll be talking about election day turnout and of of course uh the uh, turnout for um, uh, overall. and Zarney next week will be with Max Ruckishell. He's the chair of the Otterdogan County Democratic Committee, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, the year past and the year ahead uh, for the Otterdogan County Democrats and, uh, you know, what their successes in the years past and what they're hoping to do in 2024. As always, go to dustinzarny.com, and you can... Uh, like and subscribe and get email notifications for all my content and election news updates. Uh, and it'll always be free. I pay for it out of my own pocket. No ads, no private money. This is my, uh, you know, uh, voter education promise to uh County. That's what I'm trying to do. And that, that's um, been the most effective way to do it. So check it all out and please enjoy your holidays and stay safe. Bye-bye.